Hello, Playdate. This is Ryan. And this is Nick. And I'm still Ryan, but we don't have a Don with us. This week, we are covering Playdate news. Recent indie releases. And relishing in those sweet, sweet Boogie Loops holiday tunes. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. How was Thanks, that for right? smooth, Nick? Oh, that was the best intro I think I've ever heard. Oh, Don um, makes it look so easy. What are we going to do today? Well, I think first up, what we're going to do, aside from uh, lamenting the, the the loss of Don this episode, is it's... talk about corrections. Did you oh, hear that we oh. messed up, Ryan? Uh, Can you believe it? I mean, what was it this time? <laughs> well, there's a couple of them, actually. Um, so we have a correction. We pronounced the Made in Wired's devs name wrong. Uh, unfortunately, I believe that. The note here does not include the correct pronunciation. Oh, boy. <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to table this correction until when Don returns. We may need to hold on to this one. This is becoming uh, so... apparent very quickly why it's not just the two of us doing this show. <laughs> should we just table uh, this until the new year well, maybe we should just know, come back uh, yeah it's an um, option well we got to give the people what they want right which is well, uh you know if, if, corrections. You're, if you're listening to the discord <laughs> evidently they want uh ai hosts uh that's a thing oh, that can happen true. now and we are obsolete now did you hear okay. about this well um that sounds good but uh meanwhile we're still in corrections land in our okay. you know meat space world here so um, the Playdate Advent Calendar was developed by Dom, Zanya, and Pizza Fuel Dev. Um, so I, I think we touched on that uh, last episode, but didn't have a full list of credits um, there. Alrighty, glad we got that cleared up. So now it comes time for the one thing that I'm able to do in the show, which is boop boop boop. Let us know it's news and note time, Nicholas. P. Cornelius Baldridge. <laughs> Are you ready for the news and notes? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. Okay. Here it goes. We're really doing this. Uh, okay. First of all, I didn't know this. Uh, I think we t- talked about it an episode we, or so ago. We've, we've talked about it several times. <laughs> that must have been one of the episodes I didn't listen to. <laughs> okay. But But did you know? Evidently you do. Playdates are available to order, like not pre-order. They're available to order. Yeah. You can get them now. Yep. That's awesome. I feel like it we is. were in, uh, you know, group four, group five land forever and a day. And now there's no more groups. It's just buy it and get it. Is that is that technically a group, though? The, the group of immediate gratification? Group uh, B-I-G-I? Buy it, get it? Biggie. There you go. The Biggie group. Okay. Yeah. All right. We've, we've coined it. All right, What's on the... to the next news and note. Let's see. Atlantic 41 Devlog. This game is a World War II U-boat simulation for the playdate. And oh man, did you check this out, Nick? So I did. The first thing that I've seen of it was this link that you put in the show notes. And uh, I've got to say, this was the most Ryan deep dive I have ever seen <laughs> and it's incredible the I'm amount not, of detail and thought that went into this uh it's, not, it's very impressive i'm not sure if that's a compliment or not it's I, a have, super I, have compliment, a, I have a tendency to overshare sometimes but uh this does look like an incredible game and as nick said the detail with which it is being documented is really something else anyway we'll leave a link in the in the what are those show notes for today's episode? Um, and one of us will get to it, I think, um, since our 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 mortar, our cement, our glue is not here. Let's hope that happens. If you find it there, totally click a on that link because, boy, this looks like an incredible game. Uh, Nick, yeah. what yes. would you like to say about that? Um. It looks like an incredible game. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about this. Um, I love seeing process stuff. Ryan has really turned me on to that idea. I'm really bad about sharing 
my own processes, I think, but um, it's, it's super interesting to see it. And uh, I just love seeing all the thought that goes into um, additional touches. So you have basic UI and then it's like, well, it seems a little, little empty, a little, little barren in this little part. So they put some period appropriate items uh, in and different touches uh, just, and it just expands from there. It's, it's really, really fascinating. So great read. Got to fill up all those quadrants. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, while that is being developed, uh, let's talk about the second batch of uncranked number one. There's only a few slots left. Last time I checked in with Zanya, they told me, uh, there are like single digit numbers of slots left to get in on this cranked number one second printing, second batch uh, before they're gone. And who knows if there's going to be more batches after that for Uncranked number one. The only thing I do know is that Zanya and the crew are hard at work on Uncranked number two. So if you want to catch up on this before the second issue comes out, go check it out. Cool. Nick, going to put you on blast. You got that Uncranked number one purchase in yet? You you blasting me? Ooh, I'm um, blasting. I <laughs> I want to see this second batch get printed. Otherwise, I don't get my copy. This is totally self-serving. Oh, I see. This um, is a self-serving blast. Okay. Uh yes, I'll 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 sign up for that here shortly. I'll contact you about what I need to do in order to do that. All right. Um, and I don't see a link in the show notes, so when... I'm not sure. Exactly when I when I tell Nick, we'll put that link in the show notes for today's episode, <laughs> okay. which brings us to our next news and note, which is about a Playdate pixel art crossover competition. So mm -hmm. basically, you have a chance to uh, an opportunity, if you will, to draw a 100 by 100 pixel robot. And there's going to be five winners picked to receive a new pixel art app and a chance to be featured on, uh, you say this word, Nick. Roboctleets. And which, which is, it happens to be a little foreshadowing here. Yes. Our pick of the week. For anyone who has not read the show title, that is coming up. <laughs> Silky smooth. Moving on to the next yes. one. The next one says this goes with the above. I guess we already read that. Yes. Um, so, so Don posted a thing in the discord, which um, he helpfully put in the show notes. Thank you, Don. Um, but it is really cool and super important. So we talked about that U-boat uh, uh, Atlantic 41 devlog. Indeed. Um, this see the sky from Matt Sefton, Gingerbeard Man. Um, he has documented a port of this really interesting um, Mac application to the Playdate. And it was made using HyperCard. HyperCard is this uh, kind of layered uh, interface. Uh, there were some adventure games that I really love that were made originally using HyperCard, Deja Vu, Shadowgate, The Uninvited. Um, Shadowgate might sound familiar uh, to those who are looking forward to Pixel Ghosts uh, upcoming port, but uh, but this is an app I had never heard of, and it was apparently distributed um, on the Mac on on CD, if I recall correctly. Um, and Matt Sefton uh, has uh, done a tremendous amount of work to. Uh, create this application, uh, kind of re not reimagined, but but update it uh, to release it on the playdate. And the work that was done is phenomenal. It is so cool. Um, so I definitely encourage this link here uh, takes you to the um, the itch page. To, to download it and it's free to download but uh, there's a blog post about how the version was made and I highly encourage reading that so the original developer of see the sky was uh, Thoru Yamamoto 
um, and I apologize for my pronunciation, but uh, this game has 500 different screens, 10 chapters, and it takes approximately 30 minutes to uh, go through the whole thing. Um, but as you go through the different chapters, there's a navigation menu that's unlocked. Um, and your position is remembered between launches. So it's uh, just really tremendous. And, and this, the sound and video work that was done to, uh, to port this, again, just really cool. So uh, it's great, uh, a great effort and great to see this preservation hmm. happening. Even just some of the beginning text on the itch page sounds super interesting. So he talks about Thoru and he says that he has released work in many formats, including but not limited to magazine illustrations, hypercard decks, interactive CD-ROMs, printed books, website, digital stickers, and videos. He is perhaps best known for his storybooks distributed as hypercard stacks and his unique one-bit art taking advantage of the limitations imposed by the early Apple Macintosh computers. See the Sky, this game we're talking about, is one such storybook, a Christmas present released in 1992 as a series of hypercard stacks in 96, it was re-released, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, this port to the play date. Wow. What a cool labor of love from who was, who's a ginger beard man. Wow. How neat. I've never heard of this before, but my interest is peaked. I just yeah. pressed that download button and can't <laughs> wait to sideload it. Have you taken yeah. a look at this already, Nick? I haven't. I haven't. I just read, read the uh, technical details. Um, but it's uh, it's really incredible. So um, super cool. Wow. Nice. Right on, Gingerbeard Man and Thoru. Uh, thank you for porting that over, Gingerbeard Man. I feel yes. like this is another one of those just uh, amazing preservation projects that we see from time to time here on the play date. Uh, mm -hmm. Also foreshadowing until later. Um, let's see. What's this last one here? Do you know about this? So uh, I listen to a variety of podcasts. I know that'll be surprising as a podcast host. <laughs> um, but uh, I listened to this one called Ask Me About Loom, which is about point and click adventure games. Mm -hmm. um, and the host went to Adventure X, which is a conference which happens every year uh, where point and click game developers get together and um, talk about making adventure games, not just point and click adventure games, but adventure games in general. And uh, one of the interviewees on this episode was the developer of Direct Drive, which is the catalog game. Um, and so I've uh, included a link here, which takes you directly to the timestamp where the interview with that developer begins. Um, so if you're interested in, in hearing a bit about how Direct Drive was developed, uh, and uh, how um, it's it's described. Uh, it is a cool listen, and it's it's only a few minutes, um, so worth worth a worth a listen. And if you like adventure games, uh, there's some some interesting content on this podcast. So. Very cool. It's it's a long podcast, but as Nick said, the link in the show notes is going to cue you right up to where the direct drive developer starts chatting. So uh, Nick did the work for you. Thank you, Nick. Uh, can't wait to listen to that. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for the news and notes this episode, which means boop, 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 boop. We're ready for indie inventory, and we're going to start things off with who else? but Zanya Lasagna with Snatchy Carrots. So Snatchy Carrots is a new game from Zanya that was just dropped and announced via the uh, Playdate Advent Calendar. Uh, super cool way to announce the game. And it is currently available for four US dollars. Uh, Zanya bringing the heat once again. Uh, looks like Zanya's working in pulp again. And every time Zanya drops a new game, I feel like I can see the bar being raised again. Like the, the art gets better, the concepts get better. And I was already enjoying Zanya's games from the start. So it's always exciting to see more work from Zanya, uh, whether it be in games or magazines or any of the number of projects that they're doing. We've, <laughs> we've, we've talked at length about the uh, inordinate and impressive amount of work that Zanya's putting out. 
And, uh, and I, I can't remember if I mentioned this last episode, my mind is very fuzzy, but, um, I chat with Zanya, uh, not in person, but on zoom, uh, via video, uh, at the end of my, uh, crowdfunding campaign for my book. And Zanya said, if you think a lot has come already, just wait until 2024. So evidently <laughs> there's a yeah. lot more Zanya to come. So that was That's super awesome. duper cool. Snatchy carrots. Uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes and looks like we've got uncranked, uh, downloadable game and app as well. Uh, so it says, welcome to uncrank the Playdate magazine created by fans for the Playdate community. The mascot of uncranked is crank worm and he'll be the, uh, your guide through the app. So it looks like we're getting sort of a, a bit of an uncranked magazine port over to the Playdate as well. So cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, looking looking forward to uh, seeing that in all its different forms here. So. Rad. So usually Don takes the heat on this one and uh, cruises through all these developer names and does his best. Shall we alternate? How do you want to do this, Nick? Uh, X2115 uh, developed a game called Rend Sword. And Ren Sword is a roguelike deck building word game where players assemble a deck of letter cards to take on a series of ever more powerful foes. This looks really interesting. It's like a combination of word game and card game. What do you what do you think about this one, Ryan? I am a guy who is still confused by the word roguelike. I thought it meant that like you do a thing in a game and then whatever you do in a game affects the next person who plays, but like I don't know how that can happen on the play date. Is that happening on the play date? So roguelike can mean several different things. Um, in many instances, what it means is that the more that you play, uh, you are able to... Uh, increase your your power and continue at a higher level the next time. But generally, um, it, it means that it conforms to uh, the uh, ideas put forth in the original Rogue in, in some way, shape, or form. So those can be persistence, or they could be um, uh, something about the difficulty or the way that uh, items are delivered or uncovered or identified. Um, and I'm not sure which this is, how it identifies as a roguelike uh, in that scenario. Um, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Okay, cool. Well, sounds like it might be worth a shot for 25% uh, off. It's usually six bucks and currently being offered for four fifty. So if you're listening to this in relative haste from its release date, you'll probably be able to slip in for that discounted price. Which brings oh. us to oh, uh, developer's name is Jex. Uh, their itch page is X twenty one fifteen. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Jex, okay. for putting out some new games. Next up by B Withers. Oh man, is Bill Withers making Playdate games? Sweet. <laughs> Um, is Dicell. Dicell is a math puzzle inspired, uh, is a math puzzle inspired by games like Wordle and Sudoku. Uh, the game rules says, solve the puzzle by swapping dice to find their correct places within 21 or 41 moves. Uh, huh. Use the sum indicated on rows and columns to guess the correct spots. The colors, quote unquote, of the dice will change to show if they are in the correct spot. So obviously by colors, we mean either the dice are white with black dots or black with white dots. Uh, colors do not apply in Playdate. Um, but value sure does. So uh, that is Dice Cell. <laughs> yeah, cool. And by the way, that is free, uh, free download. So very wow. cool, Mr. Withers. Thank you for uh, giving us a free game. Sweet. Ryan, have you heard of this next one by Julie Bjornskov, uh, which is called Escape the Arcade? Well, as a matter of fact, I have heard of it but I've not played it. Tell me about it. Pretty please. I have heard of it, but not played it as well. But it was uh, developed with panels, I believe. Is that correct? Where did I hear that? Oh, right here. 
Um, and it is a um, interactive comic adventure filled with mind-bending puzzles. So uh, looking forward, it sounds like an, a comic adventure game. Looking forward to checking it out. Very cool. Awesome. Looks very promising. Uh, artwork looks really fun. Cool. And and that is from Julie Bjornskov. Is that correct? Uh, well, I believe so. I have a feeling we're both horribly mispronouncing that, but we both okay. did it the same way. All right. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're keeping the podcast consistent then. Consistency. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, did you notice, uh, however, there's no pinball machines. I noticed... I noticed mm, that mm, mm, in this mm, preview mm. artwork. Dubious. Uh, something for the, uh, the sequel. The sequel. The what? What do you call it when you work on something and release the next version? The version. The the subsequent version might have some pinball machines in it. Let's hope. Could be. Could um, be. Next one up is from professor and it's called hodge dodge hodge dodge now hodge dodge uh you are to crank hodge in and out of the background to dodge a hodgepodge of enemies uh so basically it's a one-to-one crank based control to uniquely dodge into and out of the background very interesting thoughts here very interesting gameplay cool um, looks like we've got three modes of dodging, uh, and you can unlock additional modes. Um, yeah, very cool concept. What do you think, Nick? This looks super fun. I am really excited to play this one. It, uh, reminds me of, um, a game on the virtual boy, uh, uh. which has a name, <laughs> uh, Vertical force. That's what it is. Okay. Um, and that one has a foreground and background action where uh, you're, it's a vertical scrolling space shooter where you go uh, up or down and, and enemies can be on different planes. Um, so this is uh, kind of similar, but with a third plane um, of action and interactivity and uh, looks really fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out. It looks uh, very well done from the animated GIFs. It does look quite well done, and I'm I'm just gonna say this for myself. I okay, so I am of a certain age that is, uh, you know, starts with a four, and it means that I grew up playing a lot of 2D games. And mm -hmm. when I grab hold of like a a new game, like a Switch game, one of these 3D games, and I have to kind of like play my shadow rather than playing the character it mm -hmm. it blows up my mind and then i start singing the beastie boys to my to my son who has a very easy time of it too many dimensions too many dimensions too many dimensions too many dimensions so this this feels a little bit like that to me like you got to play the shadow um and i don't know how that would work for my sensibility just the well, just a knee jerk reaction I'm getting here from this. Uh, one. Only one way to find out, right? True, true. Uh, he, let's see, who is the developer? Professor is making it real easy for me and everyone else to try it out for twenty five percent off. It is currently available for three seventy five, typically five dollars. So now's the time to give Sounds it a try, good. me and everyone. <laughs> All right, what's next? Oh, uh, you me. tell me. Yeah, uh, next up is by Mortar Tribe. It's Binary Dungeon. And Binary Dungeon is an adventure through a series of dungeons filled with dangers and secrets. Uh, choose one of three characters, each with unique skills and starting items. Fight battles against formidable monsters. Purchase powerful new items and avoid cleverly laid traps using only two buttons, down and right. The goal in each dungeon is to reach level 50, where you obtain a key that grants access to the next dungeon, promising even greater challenges and deeper mysteries. With over 70 items and 20 skills, each run is guaranteed to be different. Um, this sounds really fun. Uh, it looks a little um, like a puzzle game to me from from the 
the giffage. I was I was getting that same vibe from the animated elements here. Yes, I agree. And it's it's got some additional like more detailed images interspersed throughout, but it looks like gameplay is kind of like tile-based puzzly type gaming, would you say? Uh yeah. I think so. Um I'm I'm interested to uh give this a shot. Down and right. Uh I think I can manage that. <laughs> I do enjoy when games will really pare down the mechanics. And yeah. just that description has me intrigued. Very intrigued. Yeah. Um so this is a name your own price game and it's available now. All right. Moving right along to a game from Lugludum is Scrolling Enigma. In Scrolling Enigma, you solve riddles, decipher cryptic messages, and piece together the fragments of an elusive truth about my personal game development journey. Interesting. Hmm. Unroll the newspaper and reveal the seven game dev enigmas through allegorical figures. <laughs> uh, so this That's is available. A neat concept. Yeah, very meta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is available for four bucks. And uh, we will include a link to that in the show notes. Sounds good. All right. Next up, we've got Hill Slide. And there's a, a note in the show notes that says <laughs> Ryan Game. <laughs> uh, so this is made by Benzalo. And it is a snowboarding game where you ride down a procedurally generated slope racing to outpace an ever-encroaching avalanche. Perform oh. tricks and combos to earn points and complete tasks to unlock upgrades that enhance your odds of survival. How far can you make it down the mountain before the avalanche takes you, Ryan? So, I gotta say, I agree with Don's assessment that this is a Ryan <laughs> game. This looks very uh, Whitewater Wipeout, if you're mm -hmm. a fan of that game. It looks like you might enjoy this. Uh, I'm guessing there's sort of like a forward back mechanic for the lean back and lean forward. And then if you want to do some tricks in the air, there's like, uh, like rather than what would you call that? Like spinning on the X, Y axis. It looks like you're more spinning on the X, Z axis when you're doing the snowboarding thing. Um, the X, Y axis, I imagine as the direction that whitewater wipeout is spinning. The X, Z axis is sort of like you stand up and you twirl around in a circle. Um, so it has a surprisingly different vibe to it than Whitewater Wipeout, but some striking like gameplay, not gameplay, maybe mechanic similarities. With that said, I've never played Hillslide yet, but Don, um, I agree. This looks like a me game. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad this one was mentioned. So Ryan, there, there is a striking difference in the control scheme. So this is one that right? doesn't appear... Oh. This oh. doesn't appear to use the crank at all. You've got to be kidding me. Tell me all about it. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> so Please read the itch page to me, Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no problem, Ryan. Is this uh, is this podcasting? This is podcasting, right? <laughs> Ryan, if you press A, guess what it does? It Does it increase gravity and build up speed in you downhills? I don't know how you guessed that, but absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, it loses speed in uphills. I was getting that um, vibe. I was getting that vibe. Yeah. Ryan, if you press B, though, it decreases your speed by braking. B is brake. I like that. Okay. And you can use it in the air. Oh, uh wee -huh, wee. You know how uh, an object in motion in the air uh, can be slowed down by <laughs> applying... <laughs> If you are in the Super Mario Brothers, that's true. I like that mechanic, actually. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very non-Castlevania way to, to go about this. That's, um, that's the way I like it. All right. Good job, Hillside Dev, Benzelo. Uh, yeah. I agree with that. In, Use the D-pad to perform tricks, Ryan. Okay. okay. D-pad combinations. Watch out for crash land. Okay. And double press A to boost. Boost gauge. What, what gauge am I boosting here? Uh, no, it's saying that if you have the boost gauge unlocked and it's fully charged, uh -huh. it'll give the player a small speed boost. There were more words after yes. that. See, this is why I have you read it to me <laughs> and to make really great podcasting. Excellent oh, right. Podcast that was a okay. game that Nick told us about. 
Yes. Are you all done telling us about that? I am. What's next, Ryan? Next is another one by X2115, and this one's called Nanogram. <laughs> Nanogram. Uh, so Jex is back at it with another game. It says, not quite an anagram. It's a n- apostrophe. Anagram. Nanogram is a daily word game where players are given a word and must make a nanogram out of it. A nanogram uses four letters from the current word and one of any other letter of the alphabet. Once you've used a letter from the alphabet pool, however, you cannot use it in your next nanogram. Make a chain of words in this way and attempt to use every letter of the alphabet. So it sounds like if you like daily word challenges, uh, you could hop on here. I think we just established how much I like words and maybe we could develop a, uh, I don't know, like a little, uh, what do you call that? A thread in our discord of people. Who, isn't that like a thing that happens with daily word challenges? I don't really do daily word challenges. People get on yeah. there and like, it, it compare, is a thing. compare a thing that they do. Yeah. Okay. That is, um, yeah, this looks, uh, this looks really fun. I'm, I am very curious, uh, from a programming perspective, uh, what the pool of words is and if the same word is presented to each player every day, um, uh, sounds cool. It also sounds like a fun, um, programming challenge. <laughs> yeah. So I, this, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go for it. I, I was going to say that's that's true because I guess it could be the same word on day one or day two mm-hmm. of the installation of it, or it could be right. the same word on the actual whatever day it is so that it's same for everybody, right? Is that what you're you got it. wondering? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Or, you know, uh, the same word on launch one and launch two. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's a number of different ways that you could go about it. Hmm. Interesting. Well, this is name your own price. So, uh, hey, everybody, we should give this a try. Yeah. Um, sounds good. So that was by Jex as well. Fantastic. All right, Tag, Ryan. Um, <laughs> you know what's next? I don't get by Metal. <laughs> nice. It's named Hermit. And it is uh, in early release, early access on Itch. Uh, but will be available in catalog in January of 24. Uh, it says, Love Solitaire. Ryan, do you? Love's a strong word. Are you frustrated by losing Solitaire to an unlucky flip of the cards? Occasionally that applies to me. Hermit reimagines Solitaire with new mechanics designed to enhance player choice and strategic mm. depth while ensuring fully transparent gameplay. Huh. All right. Ryan, here's a list of features. It's oh quick to pick up. It's hard to master. Enjoy endless fun and replayability. It has a unique card inversion mechanic. Transform Solitaire with Hermit's game-changing twist. Invert cards to unlock new strategies and moves, but be cautious. The right inversion could be your path to victory, while the wrong one might lead to your demise. It's a retro style. Enjoy a nostalgic 90s-inspired computing interface. Complete with an original typeface homage. Classic menu design and animations just like how you remember. It's got a synthwave soundtrack. Chill out and strategize with Hermit's captivating original synthwave theme. Crank it up. Keep it tactile by using the Playdate's crank to deal. Progress tracking. Keep track of your total plays and win counts. Okay, so looking at these gifts here, it very much reminds me of um, Windows or maybe Mac uh, Solitaire apps very cool um gui and um i i guess it's mac seeing some of the menuing i was gonna say i was getting a real heavy <laughs> mac vibe and i like that they've even taken the original one bit mac happy icon and turned it into a play date did you catch that oh no oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah God, there's a lot of very top of this page a <laughs> lot of really fun nods here from yeah. the uh menu up top to the pop-up screens and very very cool uh, user interface there's a gif here showing the playdate booting uh like nice. the original mac that's, that's, that's so very cool. cute a lot of um, very very uh what am i saying here um a lot of very faithful homages to the early Mac uh, one-bit system. Yeah, uh, I should have looked at these gifts a little closer. 
Um, this so, is what you this is what you get without Don, guys. So uh, be he, thankful for every other episode where he's here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so this was uh, programmed, designed, and graphics by Matt Metal, and then the sound and music were by Jam and Rays, and the card sprites are by Nevin Mergen. Um, of of Panic itself. Uh, so this looks super cool, and uh, I enjoy a good synthwave soundtrack and uh this twist on salt air i'm very curious how it works uh i'm looking in the gifts and i i don't quite follow from from the gifts but i am um very interested to see how this how this plays out rad okay yeah. next one on our list is by alan dang man that's a cool name i wish i was called dang uh alan you are bringing us mina's garden and this is a classic maze puzzle game made for the playdate console um the goal is to guide mina to the exit this looks like a fun little puzzler evidently there are 1200 levels <laughs> 1000 classic 200 with moving boxes and another feature is cozy music uh, how to play? Use the gamepad to guide me into the destination. Use A to reset. This is giving me very minor um, uh, Mole Mania vibes. I compare everything to Mole Mania right now because that <laughs> is the, the only game, game that, that I, you know. <laughs> this, this is the game I'm playing and it's the game I'm head over heels about. Oh, by the way, Mole Mania Corner. There's an update, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I have now made it to stage seven, which is farther than I've ever made it before. So Congratulations. I'm, I'm bound and determined to complete this game. Uh, for anyone listening unfamiliar, Mole Mania is an original Game Boy game, not a Playdate game. So let's get off this Game Boy track and back on to Mina's Garden. Uh, okay. So the reason I mention all that is because there's some puzzling type elements here as well. Yes. Ryan, can I tell you what this game reminds me of from the screenshot? Uh, probably Mania, right? It reminds me of the adventure of Lolo on huh. the NES. Huh. Uh, so that was a puzzle series. It was made by HAL Laboratories on the NES, the same people who went on to make Kirby, I think. Um, but uh, not, well, I know that, but I don't know for sure. All right, I'm looking it up, Ryan. No, I I've I've played Low Lolo's Adventure, is that right? Uh The Adventure of Lolo. Adventure of Lolo. Um yeah, I, I've played that a bit. Uh I can totally see the references here. So good comparison. How laboratory. Yep. Okay. Cool. I remembered a thing. Good All job. right. Neato. Uh so that's Mina's Garden. What do we have next, Nick? I'm glad you asked, Ryan. Uh, Herman the Merman. Oh my God! It's uh, amazing. Developed a game called Night Raid. That's that's almost as good as Alan Dang. I mean, I'm not sure if I want to be called Alan Dang or Herman the Merman. Both of them amazing. Fantastic dev names this week, everybody. Um, <laughs> great work. Uh, Night Raid is a game exclusive to the Playdate. Fend off waves of enemy bombers and fighters with your cannon. Use the crank to aim and keep the enemies in your spotlights. Um, this looks very cool. Have you played an Intellivision game or Atari game called uh, Atlantis? No, I've it not. Gives, it gives me some Atlantis vibes. Um, but uh, the the unique twist is the spotlight mechanic. It looks like depending mm -hmm. on how the cannon is angled, it will show you different portions of the screen. Um, that looks very fun. So very curious how <laughs> few seconds I would last in this game, but it does. <laughs> it, it looks like a lot of fun. Cool. And to wrap things up here and not spend the entire episode on indie inventory, we have a game by, here we go, Andre Q. Loalrev. That's the only time I'm going to try it. But he made a game called Crab Boat. And it looks like maybe there's a fishing game here. 
So I don't know. We're we're getting lousy with fishing games. First, everybody was afraid to make one. Now everybody's making one. Uh, but you maneuver your boat from island to island, dodging rocks and fishing fishes. When you arrive to an island, you can try your luck. Who knows? Maybe you'll find a nice treasure in it. Cool. So uh says that he plans on adding more content and implementing suggestions from the community. Uh, it's a name-your-own-price game, so uh, pretty easy to give it a whirl. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for the Indie Inventory this week. Boy, we okay. are uh, really we got, flooded. We got one more thing, Ryan. You, oh, you forgot. I was just trying to make room for you to really give it its just due. <laughs> I don't believe that. Um, Ryan, did you know there was a catalog drop this week? Oh, my God. I think there were a couple since we last recorded, wasn't there? Were there? I th- Hey, Nick, did you know there were a couple catalog drops <laughs> since we last recorded? There, might have, there were, I think. You're right. Yeah, I, I think oh my, my little light lit up last week, too. You know what, Ryan? You win. Oh, um, who, who is most the, the most on the ball host? <laughs> Between the two of us? Of this podcast. <laughs> Don. This week. This week. Don, Don is still in the uh, lead. Of the, the right. people who are on air right now. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. All right. Well, anyway, Ryan, uh, one of the games that came out this week is called Kurubi. Um, and that is by Rafael Calabro. And then Dash Arena by Lubu. Waterflow by Torsten Kramer, Trickle Greenwood by Kieran Anthony Penrice, Penrice, and Luna Landa by Dale Thomas. Do you want to tackle last, last drop? Mm, are we at the fourteen games inside staff picks two thousand twenty three? Hello, that. Is that what we're doing? Uh, under the Under the Tree by Yamabushi Softworks LLC. MD, well, after MD. that. Okay. Well, after that, we've got Under the Tree by Yamabushi (laughs) Softwares, LLC, and Mega Dystopia Micro Architect by Gittis Zaltuskas. Then we have Osbrach by Clickafin Studios. Uh, How about one to follow that up is The Tiny Tester. Spanish conjugations. Uh, this is by Axon Apps. Uh, following that up, we've got Ghost in the Gallery by Ledbetter Games. Hey, Ledbetter, very cool to see your name on here. And I think that's it for this week, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Because um, after right. that, it's Under the Castle, and that was the big one for our last episode. Okay. So, Ryan, you know what? What that means? Boop-boop-boop-boop, I do. It's time for our pick of the week. Uh, Actually, I've got a correction. You ready? Oh, golly. (laughs) I found the link for the uncranked uh, physical edition of the magazine. So I'm going to include that in the show notes. It's on Zanya Lasagna's Store Envy page. Just like we said we would, except... yes with more Ryan shaming on air. I'm okay with yes. that. All right. <laughs> now it's time for the pick of the week. Yes. All right. So the game this week is called Roboctolites, and it's by Deimos Games. Deimos Games. Um, it's so like, this game... Wait yeah. a minute. Oh, yes. This is so cool. John Deimos made a game? I used to watch him on Full House all the time. You know him, okay. right? He was on. All right. He guested on an episode of Friends. He's okay. on Fuller House. John Damos. Okay. Um. So Ryan, let me ask you this question. Sure. In the distant future, <laughs> uh, when when humans are scarce, uh, and robots are so prolific that they need to be put to entertainment usage. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I I feel like this is getting a little off track. Wasn't there like an abandoned factory where these robots had been uh, in unuse for a very long time? Is that not how this imaginary story in your head goes? 
I'm glad that you asked that question because Deimos Games has made a trailer which tells oh. us the backstory oh. hey. of Roboctolites. But uh, Ryan, we will include that trailer in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, but I did want to talk to you about this game, which is about creating your own robotic athlete yes, and indeed. then forcing them to play uh, in different uh, track and field events for your entertainment and uh, expanding your athletic ability. Um, so the this game is kind of similar to uh, games arcade games like track and field um, where you are placed into different events and then have to complete them. Um, and each one is uh, essentially a mini game with its own set of controls and, and standards. Uh, this game will present you with a little summary the first time that you play an event and tell you how the controls work or how, how the event is supposed to function. And uh, then it's a matter of executing that uh, appropriately. Uh, so one of the one of the neat things about this game is that each robot part uh, that you can choose from—it's essentially a head, a torso, and then legs—will impact the stats of that robot. So different legs might have better jumping ability than others. Uh, different torsos might give you more of a speedy profile uh, when compared with others. Uh, that kind of thing. So uh, it's uh, an interesting uh, situation where you need to pick what you think are going to be the best characteristics of a robot, but you may be placed into events randomly, which uh, your robot is not the strongest at. Um, so perhaps you spend a lot of time putting in jumping ability, but you... Uh, Three out of four of the events which are randomly chosen are running events. So that's all uh, kind of randomly placed. And so it's it's hard to predict exactly how that's going to go in the main mode of this game. Uh, but that said, there are alternate modes which give you uh, different methods of control over the events or different ways to compete in the events. Um, so, Ryan, before I keep going on and on, um, what did you think? Indeed, yes. Uh, so, um, I thought this game had some really interesting and fun elements. I thought this game had some elements that uh, caused me a bit of pause. Uh, some of the things I really liked about the game were the ability to customize the robots and the really quirky nature of these customization elements. Like you've got anything from, you know, tank wheels to person legs to little springy uh, legs and uh, lots of really varied elements that you can kind of cobble together this like exquisite corpse robot type of thing with head, body, and legs. Um, so I found that fun cruising through those and seeing their different abilities. Um, I, I also thought that just the concept itself was really fun. Like you said, it's sort of this track and field game, but played with robots. And uh, it felt like it was track and field injected with a bit of whimsy. Uh, mm -hmm. made it even more fun <laughs> to me. Uh, with that said, there were a number of elements that uh, sort of gave me pause. And uh, for example, um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to do was replay the game. And after, and, and you tell me, Nick, maybe I am doing it wrong because that often happens. <laughs> But maybe, but one of the things that caused me pause was after I went through building up my bot and making it just so, and then I would do the three events. Then at the end of that, I would need to uh, like rebuild it or rename my bot. And I didn't want to rename him every time or redo him every time. I wanted to just like keep competing with that one. Um, mm -hmm. I found that I couldn't quite do that. So it felt like it took me longer to replay a game 
that I wanted to. Um, some of the mechanics and controls felt a little awkward to me. It took me a while to stop myself long enough to read those pesky words about how to <laughs> make the robot work. Like uh, in some racing events, you will press A, B, 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 back and forth a whole bunch to make them run fast. In other running events, you're also running, there are a different set of controls. And instead of back and forth, it's a crank or, uh, and I wanted there to be some consistency to these mechanics. And I felt like even within the same action, like running, that often there were different things that you needed to do. And even for the start of the race, it felt like there were different things you needed to do. Like sometimes you needed to press A to initiate your robot starting to move. And other times you... Uh, was it move the crank or something? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, it it felt like controls were a little inconsistent to me. And then uh, I think the elephant is in the room is the jumping mechanic <laughs> uh, that uh, there was a couple of different ways for the jumping mechanic to work as well. One of them was pressing A to allow your robot to jump. But then I think it was the triple jump where you have to like, click a but then when you land you hold a until your meter runs up and then you're releasing uh and so i think that was another sticking point for me where i'm thinking okay i'm gonna a a a this triple jump but instead of that repetitive motion that i was getting ready for it was like an a hold let go hold like i i had to like recalibrate my brain in order to make it function the way that it was programmed. So I think I think I was expecting different types of controls for this. Um, I do understand that at the beginning of each race that you have an option to read those uh, uh, directions. And I did I did start doing that and that helped. Um, but even with that jumping mechanic, it still took me a while after reading to like understand what I was supposed to do with that jumping mechanic. So um, I think there were some really fun elements, some whimsical elements, uh, gameplay that uh, I think we're we're all familiar with from you know growing up with track and field type games. Uh, so I think all that is really cool. I think it has a ton of potential. I know the dev is still working on this, so that's really exciting to see too. Um, but in its current state for me, it didn't keep me running back to it. But I think that with a little massaging that it has the potential to do that. And it also felt to me like the kind of game that once the controls are more dialed in, like for me, it felt like with the available controls, I did not feel as though I had the aptitude to really dial in my best scores it sort of felt like i was just um like i don't know what i'm gonna get this time uh i'm doing the same race again but my scores will vary wildly and so that made me um i i i I wish i had better control over my own progression in the game because i think if that were available to me and i felt that progression then it would be the type of game where I would want to reach out to someone. Hey, Nick. Hey, Don. Hey, Hello Played It Podcast Discord. Let's all compete in this thing and really try to best one another. But as it sits, it felt like it was a bit of a luck of the draw for me. Yeah. Um, what did you think, Nick? Well, uh, I I would echo a few of the things that you said. So um as far as creation goes yeah i i really enjoyed that uh cathead uh robot forever um, <laughs> totally <laughs> one one of the nice things is that the bot's name does carry over so you can just click through uh on subsequent playthroughs to um uh, prevent having to to enter it fresh each time. So so Catbot lived on for many many incarnations for me. <laughs> Man, I had to input boop I don't know how many times. <laughs> well, 
Maybe that's an Easter egg you found. They automatically delete all the boobs. <laughs> Did Don make this game? <laughs> it's his secret identity. The jumping mechanic, I will say, uh, yes, was very confusing for a little while for me as well. And the dev has heard those criticisms and is planning to uh, address those, especially for the long jump and the triple jump, uh, the, the two main jumping events. There's also a hurdles event. Um, the figuring out where you're supposed to actually press the, it's the up button for um, for the jumping events uh, is pretty tricky. And it's partially dependent on your jump stat, um, but also uh, in some instances, the textual description that it has you read is a little misleading. So there's one that says you need to press the button when you're at the line, but you can't be on top of the line. You have to be in front of the line. Um, so that really tripped me up a lot. Um, every time the event came up, I would attempt it a different way and would always fail it. And then finally, it occurred to me that if I press the button directly after the background line, which is right in front of that foreground line, then it would trigger the event appropriately. But that took a lot of experimentation. To get right. Um, I will also echo Ryan's sentiment. Uh, I think the experimentation on controls is is cool, but it is a little uh, confusing, especially at first. On repeat plays, it becomes a lot less confusing, but um, there's not, not a lot of consistency in how events start or how they stop. Um, and when they stop, uh, you get a, a notification that tells you how you did. Uh, which is good, but it doesn't tell you how you did in relation to the others, does it, Ryan? Do you remember? I I don't think so. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think so, it just gives you your your overall places, right? Does it give you that? Uh, only yeah, it, at the end of the three events, right? Um, I I think it after each individual event, it gives you your place in that event, I know. I don't think it gives you, no, it does not give you the places of the other bots in that individual event. But it, at the end, it gives you the places of all the bots. Yeah, that might be helpful to see so that you can see, um, like uh, if you imagine a game like Mario Kart and you have multiple people competing, um, there might be someone who is right behind you and so if you do poorly in the last event, maybe they can overtake and uh, take first place. Yeah. Um, so uh, after a bit of practice with the game, I found that I was able to pretty consistently get first place. Um, so then it was a matter of trying to, to uh, improve my times and, and so forth. Um, but I, this is another thing which I'm not certain of. And I... <laughs> um, Ryan, I hope you'll correct me here if I'm wrong, but I didn't see like a um, like a high, high scoreboard or anything of that nature for the different events. Um, that said, I didn't go searching for it, so it might be right there in plain sight. Um, do you happen to know? I did not see that either. Uh -uh. Okay. okay, I was just I I, I feel less bad. The, <laughs> I was taking the occasional picture to share with folks but yeah that was it yeah 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 um and and that's totally fine um but uh it was one thing that i thought about on repeat plays is you know how am i doing in comparison to this other bot build that i had so it might be helpful to have that information at hand uh for the next playthrough so oh this bot build you know shaved three seconds off of the 200 meter dash um it might be a cool way to to challenge yourself and uh and keep track um the music i really liked did you enjoy the music ryan that was very fun yes it was super fun so as ryan said there's touches of whimsy i i really like the intro graphic as well <laughs> um and the intro the developer intro i thought it was very well done too um so uh, great work. And uh, yeah, I'm 
I'm excited to see uh, if if changes are are made to this. I know the developers said that uh, he's interested in making some updates and and smoothing out uh, a, a couple of things. Um, and he was kind enough to to join our Discord and and talk to us. Um, and it should be mentioned, and I can't believe I'm saving this for now, but we were provided with review copies of this game. Mm. Um, so, um, Ryan, you're supposed to keep me honest. What happened? Hey, uh, that's Don's job. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, shall we hear what the community said, starting with our very own Don? Indeed. Yeah. Do you mind if I read Don's? Go ahead, but you have to read it in his voice, please. <clears throat> Okay, I think it goes something like this. <laughs> I tried oh, min-maxing no. buildings and it was fun seeing different designs, but enjoyed just hitting the random bot option more. Still kept the same custom name, like that you could review the rules of each game type, but that was not the default after you had played them once. It was hard to get certain events to pop up. 100 meter only came up once and hurdles only twice, but long jump came up several times. Ch triple jump fairly often and 200 to 400 meter were very common. Liked that there was a mix of strategy and that the dev was very involved and interested in feedback to make the UI easier to understand. The game has a solid foundation and was still a lot of fun as is, but needs just a bit more depth. Online leaderboards would be amazing. Thanks for the review copies. So I want to... Uh, sort of bounce off something Don said here. Uh, first of all, I really liked his boops. But second of all, he mentioned the fact that the dev was very involved in our Discord. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which I think is super incredible. Whenever devs come in there and are really receptive to feedback, like mm -hmm. uh, John Damos was, uh, that is so cool that uh, they're really interested in bettering their game and taking in feedback and making it the best it can be. Uh, I can only imagine how much work is already in this. And yeah. I feel like I would be tempted to just wipe my brow and be like, it, it, it is this thing, you know, it's, I, I hope you like it but I'm done developing it for now, <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, they're in there taking feedback. So Deimos, thank you. Uh, Deimos, thank you very much for coming in and, uh, you know, just really uh, taking in all this feedback and, and making your game even better. That That's very, very cool of you. It's extremely cool. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about uh, the developers who have, <laughs> Uh, bothered to to spend their time uh, with us and and the people in our Discord uh, to to get that feedback um, that that really says quite a lot. Um, Speaking of Demos, do you want yes. to read some stuff from Demos? Uh, yeah. Uh, so they say for version one point one, I'm planning to have a graphical explanation for how the events work. Rather than the reading exam, you have to now take with all hey, the text. Hey, you're speaking my <laughs> language, Damas. I thought you would enjoy that one. Um, and uh, they also mentioned the trailer, um, which uh, touches on the backstory and lore a little bit of the world of Robotolites. Very fun. So, yes. As usual, we've got some of our uh, listener champions chiming in here uh dino chimes in saying i had uh wait a minute no he didn't say well eventually he said that he said just a few simple thoughts and impressions i love the premise of the game there's something gladiatorial about these obsolete robots being reduced to competing as a form of entertainment it feels like there's a world just out of sight which would be great to explore with spin-off games and stories i was itching to know more of what happened to these once invaluable machines the robot building future is great fun i spent a disproportionately long time constructing my robot avatar trying to balance my statistics the variation in design is nice with hints of the robots past suggested by the characteristics of the hardware the mix of events is fun however However, the difficulty between them feels unbalanced. The running events are simple to master with the jumping events far more difficult. With the limited time I have spent with the game, I struggle to grasp the, mechanic, grasp the mechanics of jumping. I can see that version two is in the works and uh, Deimos is super engaged here, listening to feedback, which is excellent. I look forward to seeing how this game evolves. 
Dino, thank you as always for chiming in with your really thoughtful comments. Yes, as always. And uh, we had a lot of feedback uh, that was provided to the dev in the Discord um, on along the lines of of their impressions of the different events and and how um, you know certain elements were confusing or not. So um, the the really cool thing is that the developers heard this feedback and uh, you know ha has listened to it. So um, thanks very much for for listening and participating, everybody as always, in the Discord, and for playing this pick of the week, Robotfleets. Yes, indeed. Nick, thank you for picking this pick of the week. Very fun. Yeah. Um, and Ryan? Ryan? Nick. Nick. What's next? Uh, speaking of picks of the week, in another two weeks, should we rename this? Uh, pick of the bi-weekly, <laughs> bi bi-week, bi every couple, pick of You're every couple You're overthinking it. Is going to be from me. And the next yeah. game is called Dynamite. Uh, wait, no. What? Who spelled this wrong? Did I spell this wrong? It's called Dynamite. Not Dynamite. Dynamite. And this was brought to my attention just last episode from a one Don Walton. And this was one of the indie, uh, really, what do we call that section? Indie, indie inventory. inventory. Indie yeah. inventory games. And uh, I downloaded a few of them. Honestly, I thought I was going to pick a different game, but after trying a few of them, this really tickled my fancy. This is sort of a puzzly type of game. It's sort of like a spatial relationship type of game. It also, surprisingly, gave me Mole Mania vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was okay. really having fun with this. Uh, and, and I hope that you all do too over the next couple of weeks because we're going to be talking about it in the new year. So uh, that's what you have to look forward to. So if you've got some downtime over the holidays here, pop on a Dynamate onto your play date and we'll all chat about it together in a couple of weeks. Sounds great, Ryan. Um, in the interim, how can people find us? Hello, Playbait, play, play, blah, blah, blah. Hello, Playdate <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a website which you can find at playdatepodcast.com. We have a Twitter at hello, to plead, blah, plead, blah, blah, blah. How come I can't say that? At hello, I don't know. At hello, okay? something's happening. Not sure what. At hello, PD Podcast on the tweeters, which Don doesn't like to mention, but he's not here. We also have a Discord. Um, and you can join that in some nebulous way. How do you join and a Discord? There's a link. There's a link in the show notes, right? <laughs> we have show notes. <laughs> we already talked about the email. We're also on Instagram at Hello Playdate, and you can even call us. I've, we've we've mentioned this one before, but nobody's taken us up on it. You can call the bingo tip lines at 724-BINGOS1. That's 724-246-4671. Leave a message. Maybe we'll even edit it into the show. Uh, if you're, yes, please do that. We might, we might use it. We would love to hear your voice. You've heard enough of us. That's for sure. <laughs> Definitely this episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's it. Seamless yeah. outro. Absolutely. Okay. Um, thanks, everybody. And thanks, Ryan. And uh, Don, I'm sorry. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, we really enjoy your company. And uh, we'll see you on Discord. And see you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Yes. Boop. <laughs>